Well, amen. I'm telling you, what a wonderful, wonderful way to celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and worship and praise. Uh, so thankful that you're here this morning. I want to say welcome to you. And Amelia, I want to say thank you for that great song. Your voice is so beautiful and you play so well. So thank you so much. And I tell you, Candy, next time I get introduced anywhere, I want to have you to do that for me if you will. I really appreciated that. So that was pretty neat. But uh, I tell you, I'm so blessed by our worship time together and so thankful that God is so ordained for us to have the kind of music that we have. It's just really amazing. So thank you guys very, very much. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles, if you would, this morning to Second Peter chapter 1. I hear some hallelujahs down there this morning, so that's good. Uh, so as we think about that, uh, Peter is giving us so much information about spiritual growth, uh, about our dependence on God, our need for Him for salvation. Uh, but this morning in the passage I want you to look at with me, he begins to kind of pivot and begins to look at the importance that the Bible has on our lives. You know, I can't express to you how important the Bible is. I know that you guys are here today, and I realize you understand uh, the imminent importance that the Bible has in our life, how that it's irreplaceable. Uh, we can read a lot of good books that can inspire us and encourage us, even give us some instruction. But there's nothing that can replace the Bible in our lives today as believers. Uh, there's no greater source of authority, uh, clarity from the mind of God that he, that he speaks to our hearts with than the Scriptures, the Holy Bible. I love what some people have said about the Bible throughout the years. Charles Spurgeon had this to say about Scripture. He says, nobody ever outgrows Scripture. The book widens and deepens uh, with our years. And it really does, doesn't it? No matter how many times you read the Bible, you gain and you grow. Uh, no matter how heavy or how complex your problems are in life today, uh, the Bible's wisdom far outstrips our troubles and our difficulties. It overcomes the things that we need to overcome, and it's a roadmap for us to uh, arrive at victory in our lives. Uh, I remember what Billy Graham said about the Bible as well. He said, I've read the last page, and it's all going to turn out all right. Don't you like that? That We have an assurance that uh, at the end, no matter how bumpy the road is till we get there, or how much uphill travel we have, in our life, in our journey, that the end of all things is going to be excellent and good. And the Bible reveals that to us. And what a source of encouragement that the Scripture is to us when we begin to think about those uh, things of God's plan for us and we put those in light of our circumstances, how it can lift us out of where we are and lift us to new heights. That's what the Bible does for us today. Uh, Augustine said about the Bible, the Holy Scriptures are our letters from home. And they really are, aren't they? I mean, they're that message that God has given to His children. We're not home yet, by the way. I know you know that. Uh, and uh, even though you have a wonderful home here on this earth, uh, we are not home yet. We're not there. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. And that we look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're waiting for His return. And we know all that. Why? Because of the Bible. Because of what the Word of God says. Now listen to what Peter says in chapter 1, beginning at verse 12. Uh, and I want to read some things for you. And here's what the Bible says. First Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 12. 
It says, for this reason that I will not be neglect to remind you always of these things, though you know, though you, uh, uh, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it right as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up, reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we did not follow cunning, divisive fables which we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to Him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard the voice which came from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Bow with me if you would and let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful today for the gift of your word that God you so chose for us to reveal yourself to us through the Bible. Thank you, God, that we can count and we can be assured and have confidence in your word knowing that it's complete and perfect. And so I just pray this morning, Lord, as we consider our growing, our increasing in Scripture that, Lord, you would help us to do that very thing. That you would accomplish your purpose in our life because we know and understand your word. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as uh, you look at uh, what Peter begins to share about the Bible itself, there are certain things that we are assured of and that we really draw confidence and strength from when we think about the Holy Scripture, the Bible, the Word of God. First of all, I think Peter reminds us about the worth of Scripture. In other words, that it has great value to our lives. You know, there's a lot of things that we count that are important to our lives. Some of those revolve around relationships. Some of those revolve around maybe the things that we have. Uh, but certainly as believers, we really have to uh, confess that the Bible has great worth or great value to our lives. And Peter begins to really expound on that very thing. And he says in uh, verses 12 and 13 that one of the things that the Bible has value about or worth is the fact that it becomes a foundation for us. It's a foundation. In other words, the Bible is God's principles, God's underpinning for the Christian life that we can really begin to grow and build a life on that's really secure you know, when Jesus was talking about the men who built two houses, you remember on the Sermon on the Mount, that he said one man built his house on sand. And because he built his house on sand, the storms came and the foundation didn't hold and that house collapsed. But he said the other man built his house on the rock. And he says when the storms came and all the troubles that we normally face in life came, that that man's house stood 
And Jesus said that foundation was every word of God. It's the scripture for you and I. It's the Bible. So when we begin to build our life on the foundation of the word of God, then we have a stable foundation. We've got something that will hold up no matter what we put on it, no matter what we build on it. So that's important for us to realize. You know, Peter uses the word established. He says in verse 12, he says, For this reason, uh, I will not be neglect to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Now, that word established really uh, means to tie down. Uh, it means to lash down or to bind down. A few weeks ago, Jackie and I, uh, went down to Savannah, and one of our favorite things when we've gone down there in the past was to sit down on the river, the Savannah River, and watch these massive cargo ships go by. They're so big, and they're so amazing that it just kind of uh, puts you in awe. And so uh, those big cargo ships are uh, large enough within themselves, but they're always stacked with these, uh, I don't know how many hundreds of containers on top of it. And these containers are about the size of a semi-trailer. And they're just piled high and high and higher on each other. And then this massive thing goes by. But what I noticed is that those containers are all strapped down. Because you see that cargo ship crossing the ocean and crossing the sea. You know how it is on, on the ocean. Even as big as the ship is, it moves back and forth, and if those containers weren't tied down, you know what would happen? They'd lose their cargo over in the sea. Something valuable that they have would be lost. And the Word of God ties us to the person and the plan and really the power of God. And, and without that being tethered to God, then... We're just struggling and kind of floundering on our own. And the real danger is, and what Peter reminds us of, is that the Word of God holds us in place when the world's kind of pitching back and forth. And if we're not careful, if we come untied from God, or in other words, if we neglect His Word, then we're in danger of losing, losing something really important. Something really valuable might be lost. And so Peter reminds us of that very thing. And he, he says in verse 12, For this reason, I will not be neglect to remind you. Uh, on those cargo ships, the crews are constantly checking those tie downs. They don't neglect those things. And all that movement can cause things to be to be untied. And we have to remember that. You see, I found out as a Christian that a lot of what I have to do for my life and growth in Jesus Christ is to be reminded about things. It's not always necessarily relearning, but it's reminding. You ever found yourself that way? It's like, you know, God, it's not that I didn't know that. <laughs> but what it is, I didn't do that. And the reason I didn't do that, I neglected it. You know, the writer of Hebrews talks about what a danger it is. He says, when we neglect so great a salvation. We're in danger of drifting and drifting and drifting. 
and farther and farther away from God. Maybe you've experienced that in your own life. You've gotten busy, that you've gotten sidetracked, that uh, you've gotten away uh, from your normal things. Listen, my, my deepest burden concern for the times that we're going through now, and I've talked with other pastors, and they have the same burden, is that what's our church is going to look like after COVID? Is there going to have been such a long period of time when people hadn't come to church or they neglected or, or the church hadn't been able to minister like it normally does? Is that, how's that going to affect us? How's that going to change who we are as a church? But listen, if we stay tied to the Lord Jesus Christ, if we don't neglect those things, and if we stay tethered to Him by His Word, then we're not going to have that great an impact. It's not going to be that great of loss. He goes on to say in verse 13, he says, Yes, I, I think it right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. There it is again, isn't it? It's that stirring up that we need to be reminded. What's Peter's worry is that these Christians that are being persecuted will be unconnected. To the Lord Jesus Christ. Because persecution has forced them away and separated them. Will that persecution cause them to become indifferent to God? Will they forget? Will they come untied? Will they be disconnected? And the only way that we can really be bound to Christ is through His Word. Through His Word. You know, I remember what uh, the Scripture says about... Jesus' resurrection, right after his resurrection, you remember he was walking outside Jerusalem toward a town called Emmaus. And he met some disciples along the way, and they didn't realize who Jesus was. And so they struck up this conversation. They were talking about the things that happened. I'm sure they were talking about, you know, the fact that Jesus Christ was crucified and all the things that happened that day and that he was put in a grave and that discussion went on and and Jesus stepped in and interjected the Word of God and the truth. And he explained to them why all these things had to happen. And, and all of a sudden, they, they were awakened. And the Bible says their hearts burned within them. What causes that burning? Peter says, I want to stir your heart. I want your heart to be set on fire. How does that happen? It happens through the Word of God. The Word of God has, has great worth because it's our foundation well not only is it our foundation but but if you look a little further with me uh, the word of God also is is uh, has to do with our function it has a function uh, and it, it really has a function with how we relate to God now the scripture first of all reveals the plan of God to us we, we would not know what God wants from us or for us if it weren't for the Bible uh, we wouldn't know our separation from God if it weren't for the Scripture. We wouldn't know God if it wasn't for how He reveals Himself to us. I mean, God is a, a self-revealing God. Now, I know the Bible says that, hey, the heavens declare His glory. I know that every time I look at the beauty of creation, I see uh, some things that I can understand about God. If I look up in the heavens and, and understand how vast they are, I know that we have a powerful God. Pretty obvious, isn't it? If He can create all that and keep it all together 
and put it all in place and keep it all working. Our God is an amazing, powerful God. He's awfully intelligent, isn't he? I mean, as a matter of fact, he's all-knowing. All-knowing. All-powerful, all-knowing. Now, creation tells me that. But the Word of God gives us more understanding than that. It amplifies God's revelation of Himself. That it goes on and explains the personal nature of God. Uh, the uh, offense of sin, when we sin against God, how that affects our relationship. How we can make that right with God through Jesus Christ. How do we know all that? Because of the Bible. And so it, it, it has a function to reveal God to us. The re Scripture reveals His plan. Look at verse 14. Peter says this, Knowing that shortly I must put off this, uh, my tent, uh, just as our Lord Jesus Christ said. You know what Peter's referring to? Do you remember in John 21, after Jesus' resurrection, the disciples had gone back to Galilee and they were out on, on the lake fishing. Jesus shows up. Uh, they see who He is. They get excited. Uh, they start heading towards shore. And Peter and the disciples are there. And so... Jesus has a side conversation with Peter during that particular time. Do you remember that? And in that side conversation, Peter needed to be restored to the Lord Jesus Christ. He had denied him three times. It was weighing heavy on Peter. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ knew what Peter needed, and so he came to Peter, and you know, you know what he did. He said, Peter, do you love me? Three times. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And at the end of all those statements, Peter says, he just kind of breaks. And he says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And then in that same conversation, Jesus goes on and he begins to reveal some of his plan for Peter's life. Listen to what he says in verse 18. Most assuredly I say to you, John 21, verse 18. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. You see, Jesus is telling Peter, you're going to die in the same manner that I died. You're going to give up your life in the same manner that I gave up my life. Jesus gave Peter a glimpse into his plan for his life. You see, as we read the Word of God, all over the pages of Scripture, God is continually revealing His plan for our life. And, you know, it's not a mystery. Uh, God's not keeping us in the dark about what He wants for us. In the Bible, there's general revelation for all believers. There's things in there that every one of us as a child of God ought to adhere to. But I know from personal uh, investigation in the Bible for myself that there's times that God reveals His specific will through the Bible. Can you recall one of those times in your life when you were just searching, you know, for what? Lord, what's the answer to this? Can you give me some help on this certain situation for, for your life? And all of a sudden you got in the Word of God, you begin to dig out, and there it was. It's as if God had spoken to you face to face and, and as loud as, as you're hearing me this morning. And you knew and He settled it in your heart that there's the answer. 
That's what he does through the Word of God. Not only does he give us that general revelation for all of us to understand about where he wants us to go in the direction of our life, but also he gives us oftentimes the very specific sense of what he wants us to do and how he wants us to respond to him. How do we get that? We get it through the Word of God. It's, it's important that it has value or worth because of its function that it reveals its plan. Well, not only that, if you look in verse 15, the Scripture reveals its plan, but also the Scripture regulates his people. In other words, let me just say, well, verse 15, moreover, uh, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decision. In other words, Peter says, I'm going to leave you something that will always remind you about the things I'm telling you now. Why is that? Let me tell you why that is. The Bible will keep you from destroying your life. I, I hope you heard me. <laughs> the Bible will keep you and I from destroying our lives. It, it's, it's that boundary that keeps us safe. Uh, it, it's, it's, that, <laughs> it's that parameter for life that will keep us from going over the edge too far into pain destruction so that's why it's so important because god gave it to us to regulate our lives to get the most out of life jesus said i've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly and yet one of the greatest gifts that god gave to us is not just his holy spirit but also his word the holy spirit who helps us understand his word why is that so important? Because it will save our life and it will give us the most fulfillment in life. And that's the part of His Word. What happens when we neglect the Word? We, we, we come loose from the Word of God, then we lose valuable things. Valuable opportunities. Uh, valuable times with, with God. And so it has a function. The Bible has worth. The scriptures have word. Not only that, but if you look a little bit further, you'll see that Peter reminds us of the work of scripture. Uh, some of the things that it does. Uh, and I get excited about it. I, I am really, I can't tell you how, how thankful I am to God for this book. It has radically changed my life. But the good news is that it doesn't just change you and then that's the end of it. But it just keeps on changing you and I. And it, it, it does a work in us. Look at verse 16. It does the work. It encourages. How many of you need, can honestly say that I don't really need encouragement? Don't say that to me this morning. If it, don't let me know that if that's how you feel. We all need to be encouraged. We've never lived in a time, in a generation in a time period where our world needs to be encouraged. He says in verse 16, For we did not follow um, uh, cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. That's encouraging, isn't it? Peter's talking about the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you, and I, you know, I could say, hey, Jesus is coming. You say, oh, that's great. But the, the better news is, is what we know when He comes. Isn't it? I mean, I could tell you that, hey, there's a guest coming to your house. And you say, oh, well, that's, that's really nice. 
But if that guest was your greatest hero, and I told you who it was, then you'd be even more excited because you would know what might be happening. You see, it's one thing to say, hey, Jesus is coming. It's one thing to say, hey, when Jesus comes, death, sin, pain, sorrow, heartaches, all going to be gone. Life's going to be eternal. We're going to have a new body. We're going to be in a new place. All of a sudden, that's what happens because the Bible tells me so. And that's encouraging. No matter what, that's such a, an amazingly encouraging message that the Bible brings to us. Not only does the Bible encourage, but give you another thing that it does, how it works. It, it elevates us. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it lifts us up, right? Do, do you ever feel those times? You, gee, I am so down. I just need to be lifted up. Or I'm stuck in this place right now. And I, I just need to get out of it. And I need to be lifted up. Listen, when you get in the Word of God, there's an elevation factor to that Word that will lift you up. I, I, you know, you, you, can, you can get in the Word of God with all of your sorrows and woes and troubles. And the Word of God will raise you out of that. It will lift you up. Listen to what he says in verse 17. He says, for he received from God the Father. He's talking about Jesus here. Peter's saying Jesus received this. For he, Jesus, received from God the Father honor and glory. When such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you remember what happened? Do you remember where that took place? It was at Jesus' baptism. Jesus was being baptized by John in the Jordan. And all of a sudden, the Bible says when Jesus was raised out of the water, that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, and, and a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved Son. You know what God the Father was doing? He was elevating His Son. He was lifting Him up because He knew the gravity of the ministry that Jesus was about to have. He, he saw down the road the pain, suffering, rejection, ridicule, humiliation, physical suffering, death, burial, and resurrection of His Son. And God the Father looked on God the Son and says, I'm so proud of Him. I claim Him as my son and my daughter. You see, the Bible gives us our identity in Jesus Christ. It tells us who we are. Every one of us, are, are, are we've been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now that ought to be exciting to us. Paul says that you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit which are His. So all of a sudden we, we understand through the Bible that we belong to God. That we're His child. We're born into the family of God. But as many as receive Him, to them He gives the power to become the children of God. Isn't that great? You know, I can go out and say, Hey, let me tell you about my family. <laughs> let me tell you about my father. Now, I can tell you about my physical father, and I'm proud of him, and my grandfather, and, and all my generation. But listen, I'm proud of my heavenly father. Because in Him, I have a distinct identity. I'm forgiven. Listen, not of sin, but of all my sin. 
and all is past, present, and future. That when Jesus Christ died for me on Calvary's cross, He died for me the day I was born, every sin, until the day I'm present with Him in heaven to sin no more. That I'm accepted in the Beloved. That I'm a work that God is working on and that He's given His Word that He won't stop until He's finished. How do I know all that of who I am in Jesus Christ? Because of the Bible. And when I read that, that elevates me. If I see myself as God sees me, then I'll live an elevated life. If I see myself as I used to see me, which is easy for me to look back and do, then I'll live a defeated life. But in Christ, I'm forgiven. And so the Word of God elevates. Not only that, but the Word of God enlightens. Look at verse 18. He says, And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain. In other words, He's reminding us again of another time that God spoke. Not only at Jesus' baptism, but at the Mount of Transfiguration. That God spoke again and, and encouraged and elevated His Son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus spoke as well. And that was a time for Peter to be enlightened. Jesus had told the disciples even before this happened that He says that, the, that there's some of you here that will not taste death until you see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. And so that was Peter, John, and James who went up with Jesus on this mountain and saw Him, the glory of His kingdom, enlightened. Peter never forgot that. This is many years after he writes this that he's reflecting on that very experience that he had. I, I saw that. I, I was enlightened. You see, when we get in the Word of God, we can have those moments of enlightenment, Right? <laughs> I'm, I can't tell you the number of times that I... You know, when I read my Bible, I have to. I have to, I have to write things down. Uh, I guess because I'll forget it if I don't. But then I have to write it down. And I, I can't tell you the number of times that all of a sudden being in Scripture and just... That I had this aha kind of thing. This moment of, oh, that's what that is. Or, oh, that's why he said that or he did that. You see, that's God opening our understanding. So we realize that, and the Bible does that, and the Bible works that way in Scripture because it's God's Word. And then finally, let me just bring your attention the writing of Scripture. Uh, how did we get the Word of God? Can we trust it? Uh, and let me just say to you, absolutely and amen, we can trust it uh, because uh, of, of how we receive the Word of God. You see, in verse 19... We're, we're, we're talking about the settled Scripture. In other words, the Bible that we have is all the Bible that we need. Uh, there's not more that we need to add to the Bible. As a matter of fact, the Word of God warns against that. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. And, and by the way, there's not another book that's a companion to the Bible that reveals some kind of new truth that we don't understand. God gave us and has given us everything that He wants us to know. And He's given us more than enough to know to bring us into relation with Him, to partake in that divine nature with Him.
He's given us everything that we need in, in, in the Word of God. It says in verse, uh, verse 19, it says, And we, uh, we have the prophetic word confi- confirmed, uh, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. In other words, Peter says, you, you've got it and you've got everything that you need. You've got the beginning and you have the end. In other words, the end isn't the end, but it's the time that we are with Jesus Christ when, when that happens. And he says, you've got everything that you need. And, and everything is settled. The Bible says about itself that his word will never pass away. The grass may wither, the flowers may fade, but the word of God shall not fall away. It's established in the heavens. It's eternal. Just like, listen, the Bible is Jesus' word. Jesus is eternal. And His word is eternal. You can't separate the Bible from the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's eternal. The Lord of God is eternal. It's settled. Uh, we need to accept that as well. But, but also, not only uh, the settled Scripture, but, but if you look at verses 20 and First part of 21, he talks about the source of Scripture. Where do we get this thing? Uh, Listen, this is a divine revelation. (laughs) He says in verse 20, he says, Knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. The word interpretation means origin. The Word of God doesn't, doesn't originate. Well, in verse 21, For prophecy never came by the will of man. So, the Word of God didn't originate in the mind of man. No matter what people say. Did God use human writers and authors to author the different books of the Bible? Yes, He did. But it's through God's divine inspiration. Uh, Paul refers to it to Timothy. He said, the Bible is God-breathed. In other words, it has God's breath. You know, what else has God's breath in it? What did he do with Adam? He took the dust of the earth in the Bible. He breathed in Adam. Adam became a living being. And we're eternal because God breathed in us. The Word of God is eternal because it's the breath of God. It's inspired by God, not by man. Uh, It's God's Word. The Bible didn't come from man, but from God. You you know why I know that? A couple of reasons. One, uh, because of its reliability. Now look, I've met a lot of good people in my life, a lot of great people in my life, but I found out that every human being will, will have times in their life and they're, they're not reliable. They want to be. They intend to be. But I've never found the Word of God not to be reliable, that you can't put your trust in it, that it's not accurate or it's not exactly what it's supposed to be. It's reliable. Another thing is that it's It's unity. Now, if the Word of God come from mankind, look at the world we live in today. Is there very much united about the world today? We're fragmented, we're separated, we're divided. But when you look at the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, all the numbers of different authors of the Bible, over all the different years that God had inspired the Bible, there's a unity in Scripture that cannot be broken. It says the same thing all the time and never opposes itself. You see, that's something that the world can't produce. 
another thing that, that I think about when I think about the reliability or the source of the Bible too is its honesty. I mean, the Bible is honest. If you read through the Scripture, you'll see the honesty of God and about humanity. It tells all the secrets and the stories and the failures and the problems of, of, of people. I mean, you know, you, you, hey, you, you like a good soap opera. A good story. You can read all kinds of stories in the Bible. But you see, it as arrogant as man is, he'd never write those bad things about himself. It's great. God tells the plain truth about humanity. And so the source of Scripture is God. And then finally, the, the sharing of Scripture. How did, we, how did we get to what we have today? He says in, in verse 21 toward the end, he says, um, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. You see, God specifically chose those that He knew that had a heart for Him. Those who were in tune to Him. Those who are already listening and responding in obedience to God. He chose those. He chose the people with the personality they wanted. With the background that He wanted them to have. With the life experience that He wanted them to have. And then He began to move in them. Uh, that word that Scripture used for moved, it really means to be carried along like a breeze. In other words, God was moving in these men to carry them along to the place that he wanted them to be. You ever you seen a breeze lift up a kite? That breeze takes that kite where it wants it to go. Uh, have you ever seen a sailboat out on uh, a body of water somewhere? It fills that sail and it moves that boat in the direction it wants it to go. God was influencing and working in these men to move them to the place that He wanted them to go so that the product that you and I wound up with that we trust in today is exactly what God wanted it to be. And that's the amazing thing about the Bible. We can trust it. And, and, and we really have to. You see what Peter reminds us of today is that it's a good thing for you and I to increase in the Scripture. To know it. To memorize it, to take it in, to meditate on it, to encourage it, to test it, to put it to the test. And see God work in power through His Word. If we don't stay connected through the Word of God, then a whole lot of precious things in our life are going to be lost. Hang on. Through the word. Bow with me if you would, we're going to pray. Father in heaven, again, we're so very thankful today for the testimony and the power of your amazing word. Lord, the Bible is so valuable and so incredibly powerful in our lives today. Help us to not let go. Your servant Peter said, Lord, we should be established. We've got to be tied down to you through the Word of God. That it's far too dangerous for us 
to neglect the message of the Bible in our lives. Turn away or forget or not to trust Him. So Lord, I pray that God, that through Your Word, that You'll again just lift us up in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to stand.